0: Hi there and welcome to this week's Scout the Game Week. Scout the Game Week is our weekly podcast brought to you by the Fancy Football Scout Scout Network. In this episode we'll look back at the game we've just played and assess what we can learn to help us in the next round of fixtures. We'll also catch up with a member of the Scout Network to find out what they've been up to as well as gaining an insight into their FPL planning and content. I'm Sam from the FPL family. Let's Scout the Game Week. This week I'm joined by Oscar from FPL Gents who is part of the Scout Academy... Oscar has also been producing some weekly videos for us over the last few weeks over on the FF Scout YouTube channel, showing you as FPL managers all about the different sections of the members area and how to make those FPL decisions based upon the content that you can find over there. Oscar, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you?
1: Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here and excited to have been invited. Of course, always like to chat FPL with uh, a a pro like you or at least a
0: veteran. (laughs) (laughs) definitely a veteran (laughs) I'm all right (laughs) I had a pretty terrible game week 25 um it was just one of those weeks sometimes that you have and um, I'm sure we're going to hear a little bit more about how terrible my week was um in a little bit but first of all let's start with talking about you then so how's your season going so far is your overall rank where you'd like it to be or are you still driving forwards
1: no but just uh, one thing about that this game week as well I thought I had, like, an okay week when I looked at my score. It was 65, and I thought, oh, that should be okay. And then I saw on Twitter, everyone's typing, I have 78, and I'm I'm on a red arrow. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, yeah. So it's not great. But rank-wise, I've been bouncing between 200k and 300k all season. Mm. And it's not where I want to be, so it looks like it might be my worst season. And... uh, you know you have to find some other things to make it like exciting <laughs> so i've introduced my girlfriend to the game and Amazing. i just i just love to see how she takes and makes her decisions uh, so that has really, really made the season more fun.
0: Before we get into scouting the game week then, let's talk a little bit about you and FPL Gents. Where did the idea for FPL Gents come from?
1: So it started in four years ago, just before my second season, and I thought I w- wanted to take things more seriously. And I found Jay Egerstorff on YouTube, and he was ranked number one in the Scout Hall of Fame. And I saw that he had a Patreon. So it sounded like a good idea to join that community and step up my game. And it, was, it consisted of him doing a few strategy videos. The main thing was, though, the Slack chat. And that Slack chat was like very engaged, great managers, one who is top 10 in the Hall of Fame now from Slovenia. So he's still on that chat. So that, on that chat, I became the most active user and uh, Jay had his toughest season, and uh, I think that affected him a little bit. And like his work, he had a lot of work, I presume, because he couldn't quite keep up with the content. So I felt like I had to step in and help everyone out. And I had a great season, uh, so my advice landed quite well. And I felt like I had something to offer by then quite soon. So in mid-season, I thought that why... Why shouldn't I start this thing and like take my passion to another level? Because I thought that I might want to do this forever. This is like a brilliant game and so much fun to interact with others.
0: Yeah, and I think that's, that's the best way to get into FPL content creating. It's just something that if you really enjoy playing the game um, and you're good at it, then it's easy enough, you know, the way that social media is um, at the moment. It's easy to set up your own Twitter account. But you've also been doing a lot of work for us over at FF Scout um, in the latter part of the season, making some uh, videos for us over on our YouTube channel, which was your idea entirely. You brought that to me and said, "Sam, I've had this idea. What do you think?" Um, and it's something that I think has really benefited our YouTube channel, and it's. It's been a really positive thing, um, highlighting the good stuff that goes on in the members area. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Uh, well, when it comes to me doing content, I try to like think about what would I do anyway? And then just extend that so people can like see my thought process and hopefully... They find it interesting because I spend a lot of time on thinking stuff. And it also, like, it structures my thinking. I have to be structured in my thinking and have to, like, type out my actual thoughts. And that makes it more forced in a way that it has to be reasonable and logical. And, yeah, yeah try to narrow down a few important of uh, thoughts and ways to uh, think about problems.
0: Yeah, and, and I think they, they've been really, really good videos um, and they, they've they been getting a lot of views. If you haven't checked them out, head over to the Scout YouTube channel. They're normally out on a Friday, that's right, isn't it Oscar? They come out at the back end of the week, usually um, yeah. and they basically show how Oscar chooses, how he goes through the process of choosing his team, what, what chances he makes, that sort of stuff. Um, so if you are a Scout member, um, but you don't quite get to grips with the members area or all of the parts of the members area they're definitely worth a watch for you to help you out with that if you aren't a scout member and you're just thinking about or maybe i should take advantage use the free trial that's on offer at the moment then go and watch oscar's videos have a little look at the how to make the best of the members area i think that's the best way to describe what you do they show fpl managers how to get the very best from what is on offer over on the scout members area but yeah. also you have your own youtube channel too uh, which you produce content for so we can find you at fpl underscore gents over on twitter and um, if you don't follow us already and you'd like to and on youtube at fpl gents as well
1: yeah it's the same everywhere I try to yeah. keep it simple
0: okay then now we know a bit more about you and we know where we can find you let's scout the game week Right, so Oscar, we are recording this on Wednesday evening. Thankfully, we have an end to the Premier League games on Tuesday, so we can discuss what happened in game week 25 in detail, but we are in the midst of European action. So we have already seen Chelsea play um, Atletico Madrid in the Champions League yesterday evening with a beautiful goal uh, from Olivier Giroud. And we have just seen, much to my great delight, Spurs play Wolfsburger um, and beat them 4-0. Lovely, jovely. So very happy with that one from a Spurs point of view, but we are currently discussing or talking whilst Manchester City are currently in action in the Champions League and of course we still have some Europa League games to follow um, on Thursday with the rest of of the the English side um, So we've still got a bit of European action to go ahead of game week 26 deadline. Interestingly, I checked the Manchester City team sheets before I came to talk to you to see much to my great displeasure, both of my Man City assets starting in the Champions League. Um, So it is pretty much a full strength Manchester City side this evening, with the exception of, of De Bruyne, who isn't playing. So. I think that's mostly through his recent return from injury, so probably easing him in a bit gently. But we see the likes of Cancelo and Diaz and Gundogan and and Sterling all starting today. So there are plenty of opportunities, of course, for our thoughts to be changed in terms of what we do in game week 26, depending upon what happens over the next couple of days' worth of European action. But before we talk about 26, let's just have a quick look back at double game week 25, because as we've already alluded to, neither of us had the best of game weeks. And for me, I don't know about you, I'm sure you'll you'll agree with me or or not, but until the Leeds game, I was having a particularly terrible week. Um, Up until, indeed, the, the Manchester United game on Sunday night, Um, I didn't have a player that scored more than three. It was just one of those weeks. Everybody else that did something was sat nicely on my bench because this was supposed to be my bench boost week. And I decided not to play it at the very, very last minute because I still had three flags on my team. And I just don't feel like you can hit a bench boost when you've got flags on your team. So I didn't play it. And of course that resulted in Nick Pope, Diaz and Antonio sitting on my bench uh, along with Thomas Suchet for 22 points. Ouch, that was more than my entire team got on um, Saturday and Sunday until Manchester United. Uh, then Bruno did what Bruno does. Um, and then, of course, Leeds rioted a little bit at the end of the, the game week. And they were absolutely superb. So we'll talk about, about them in a bit more detail. But 25 for you then. Was there anybody that really impressed you um, in the games that you watched?
1: Not really. Um, <laughs> it, it was more about... Well, Rafinha was great and should yeah. have had a, a couple of more returns. Apart from that, I, the one thing that stood out to me was how poor Liverpool is or are. Yeah. And I've been holding on to Robertson for quite some time, believing that they should bounce back. They have been unlucky to concede every game for on like every big chance. Every mistake they make, they are getting punished. But I'm starting to, like, realise that I might have a bad read on them, that they actually are, like, hangover from last season and they can't be trusted without Van Dijk. And apart from that, of course, Bruno is super impressive. Like, how does he do it? How is he this consistent? So
0: consistent.
1: And why are we not captaining him more?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do ask myself that quite a lot. I mean, this week, I, I the only reason I didn't captain him this week, to be honest, is because of the, the double game week um, for for Bamford, um, which is why he ended up there. But a lot of managers did still captain Bruno this week. Um, his EO was still way over 100 in the the part of the game that I am when you looked on live FPL um. Dot and, I, and I think it's Bruno is one of those players this season, isn't he? Where you know we we all talked at the beginning of the season about could he could he continue in the form that he showed you in Project Restart or since he joined Manchester United last year. Um and I think most Season FPL managers thought that he probably could, but I don't think any of us really thought he would be as consistently brilliant as he has been um, this season. He is one of those that you can almost with a, almost 100% confidence armband him. Like he, he has been that good this season.
1: Yeah, like it's a we're going to talk about captaincy soon, but. If it's a 50-50, like, why not go for Bruno right now?
0: Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. Um, I think Rafinha, you mentioned, was was excellent. Um, If the Leeds players had been able to finish the opportunities that he created for them over the two games that he played in game week 25... He could easily have 50 points that week. Mm. He was ridiculously good. Um, He was great against um, Southampton in the second game on on Tuesday evening, but it took until quite late on for him to get some returns. And I was watching that game with Lee, who had captained Rafina this week. And I said to him at one point, I said, I genuinely think this might have been the most unlucky captaincy decision that anybody has ever made because he was utterly superb, putting in ridiculous crosses, could have... Could have and should have had so many more assists than he did. Cooper, particularly in the first game, how he didn't score three off the back of Rafina passes, I've no idea. He was really impressive. The question then, I guess, I have for you is that, you know, with Rafina being so impressive, um, and Lee's generally, you know, Dallas, you have to bracket him into the superb for most of the season bracket as well, with the attacking returns that he's got at his price point. And of course, Bamford has been fairly consistent as well this season. What do we do with our Leeds players? Because we've just had a double game week where a lot of people have invested at least twice, but a lot of time, three times into the Leeds side. They don't double um in game week 26. They're one of only six teams that don't, but they do play in game week 29, where a lot of us are going to be not having free hits and therefore needing them. So is it OK, do you think, to keep all three of your leads assets keep two of your leads assets even though they won't double next week
1: yeah for me i'm just in that situation that i have to plan for game week 29 and uh, i'm thinking about feeling like eight or nine players i'll probably be happy with that and it's probably a no-brainer to have three leads that week you have the same amount of games left for them because they don't have a double but they do have the blank game week but if you own them and want to bench them like this week, I have Bamford and Melier on my bench and I'm probably going to bench post. And I feel comfortable doing that if I have a couple of, double game week players on the bench.
0: They have Aston Villa in Game Week 26, who are going to still be without Matt Cash. And without him, they haven't looked as solid defensively. So I think there's still scope. A lot of the questions I've had lately about Leeds have been like, is it okay? Is it okay to hold Leeds players? Um, and my answer is categorically yes, it absolutely is. Um yeah, they might not have a double this week. Um but they do play in 29 and and for a lot of managers the strategy, much like yourself, is going to be to get through game week 29. So the fact that you've got three Leeds players or two Leeds players will feel like a bonus, I think. And, and they could easily have returned more than they did in game week 25. And then I look look at other players that I owned for game week 25 that did nothing. Kane, who was 10th for XG underachievers, should and could have had goals and assists in that game. Sun had one off the post that could and should have done more from. He was third Um, for chances created um, in that game week we've just had so many so many players that just didn't quite click Salah uh, for example you talked about Robertson before I owned Salah was yet again disappointed by Salah in game week 25 Um, Over the last few weeks, he has returned enough points that's made me kind of think, oh, okay, well, maybe something's coming. And and I felt watching Liverpool a couple of times since the arrival of um, the new defenders that they've looked a little bit more solid for some parts of the games though the first sort of 70 minutes against Leicester they looked a lot better um, but then it all fell apart once they scored the goal and, and Leicester came came on to just take it from them with Liverpool ending up looking shell-shocked by the end of that game and then in this Merseyside derby at the weekend I was expecting to see fight from Liverpool but we just didn't really they just didn't really get in gear and I, and I think the loss of Jordan Henderson who we're now hearing might be out for up to 12 weeks with a groin injury is another big blow because you know you mentioned earlier that Van Dijk has been out for a long time now. Um, and they've not been quite the same without him. Milner's been in and out of the side with injuries, and they've lost their leadership, I think. And, and now with Henderson gone as well, that that's a big that's a big blow. So are you gonna take Robertson out this week? Is this gonna be finally the week that you say, I'm done? Or does the fact that he's about to play Sheffield United as part of this double make you think, well, maybe there's a clean sheet, I'll give him one more week?
1: I'd like to sell him, but with a double, and also I, I'm like hesitant who I would bring in. Yeah. I thought, I thought about Dyer, but he doesn't seem nailed anymore, and he has no offensive threat except some free kicks from now and then and I'm I'm I have Diaz, Cancelo, Shaw and me and I think those are quite brilliant so I'm quite happy with the back line the only thing that would lead me to sell Robertson at this point is to try and fund Kane maybe.
0: I think it's interesting because for me the Liverpool defence if I think back to August when I was picking a team there was not a single moment where I didn't have Trent in my team, in all of the preseason drafts that I did. In fact, even ahead of Kane, which is unusual for me, he was in my first, the first draft that I ever did. And he remained there for a very long time. And it took me a very long time this season to take him out because I kept saying, but this is Trent. And the same applies to Robertson, whichever one you went for. The returns will, they will come, they have to come. Um, and I and I think that for the last few weeks, I've been saying that about Salah. The returns have to start coming. Surely they're going to start coming. Liverpool have to start performing better. And now it's, I'm still saying it. I'm probably 10 game weeks further along than I was when I started saying this. And we're still not really seeing that from Liverpool. Um, and it still surprises me every single week. Um, they have some really nice fixtures coming up. So when you sort the fixture ticker from now until the end of the season, Liverpool sit nice and pretty right at the top of the season ticker um, because they have some really good fixtures to come. There's a couple of tricky ones in there, but the majority of them look good. I mean, even this double game week, they've got Chelsea as part of it, but Chelsea aren't scoring masses of goals. They're not going mental in games. They are very tight at the back, but they're not scoring epic loads of goals every single week. So I kind of look at this fixture's this week and then his fixtures come moving forward and think you know I think after that after this week they have Fulham and Wolves and before obviously they blank in 29 I think for me those fixtures are good enough to hold the Liverpool assets and just see what happens between now and then I I don't think that you can take out Salah or Robertson ahead of a a Sheffield United game I I really don't.
1: No I I find it interesting because I'm very torn and uh, I value your opinion of course but I don't have Kane, and uh, I think he is a priority. So I might sell Salah for Kane this week. I know it's it's a big risk, um, but Kane has one more game in hand. So uh, I don't... I think it's that bad.
0: I think that segues quite nicely actually into talking about Game Week 26. I think the less we yeah, have to talk yeah. about Game Week 25, the better. So let's talk about 26. Um, it's the big one. It's the one that our, all of us as FPL managers have been looking forward to and also dreading in equal measure. The results of this week will. Undoubtedly, have a big impact on how your season goes. If you nail it this week, it can see you flying up the overall ranks or flying up your mini leagues. If you get it wrong or you get unlucky, as we did in game week twenty five, it can go catastrophically wrong, as we've seen over the course of the season so far. And I suspect that this week we will see a lot of chip action. There'll be some wild cards in play. Of course, there'll be some free hits in play, and I think there will be more free hits in play this week. Now that we know that game week twenty nine has Aston Villa versus Spurs in it, because I think a lot of managers were holding the free hit for game week 29 thinking if we just get those three fixtures we are in a spot of bother but with the addition of Spurs and Aston Villa into that game week suddenly the door is a bit more ajar for using your free hit somewhere else so we'll have some free hits but there will be a lot of bench boost you've already mentioned that you're thinking about doing that this week I am almost certainly going to triple captain this week um, and I think that there will be a lot of managers that do that also and when I looked at the um the there's a poll over on the FS scout website looking at um what chip you're going to be using this uh, game week and it was actually very very split um, i was surprised i thought it would be mostly bench boost but it wasn't there was a lot of triple captains going on too um so let's go back to Kane then this week, because I think for the majority of FPR managers, he's the one that everybody's talking about. You either have him already or you don't have him and you're kind of thinking about bringing him in. Because when you sort the fixtures for this week uh, by difficulty, you see Tottenham sitting nice and pretty at the top, obviously with the game against Burnley, followed uh, midweek next week by the game against Fulham. You need to sell Salah to afford Kane and who would who would leave your team in order to bring him in
1: Davis for 4.3 million yeah.
0: so that <laughs> does make a big difference
1: yeah exactly and then, since I'm building towards a bench boost I can't have a non-playing guy so yeah bringing Kane in and like you I can afford a Rafinha or someone in that neighborhood when I sell Sala, who costs more than Kane.
0: Yeah, and I, so I, I think for me, I made the decision last week to sell Dominic Calvert-Lewin for Kane because my budget restrictions were as such that if either of them took a price change, it was going to be really tough to afford to buy Kane. And and for me, Kane was the absolute. If you just said to me who is essential for Game Week Twenty Six, it was Kane. Kane was the one that I felt was the essential buy he has played 14 games against Burnley and Fulham combined um, and over those 14 games he has scored 14 goals and got three assists um and that isn't in the form that he has been so far this season so um for me that looks like a really nice option I was at the game the reverse of this last year when Spurs played Burnley and beat them 5-0 um it was a remarkable game. Uh, I, now, I'm not necessarily expecting that to happen again, um, because Burnley are solid defensively. But equally, I think having watched Spurs in the Europa League this evening and seen Kane and Son both sit nicely on the bench for the whole thing without you know breaking a sweat at any point, and also the likes of Reguilon. Um, not play. It bodes well for these two fixtures. Um, I also think that seeing Gareth Bale only play for the latter part of the game in the ch- in the Europa League this evening also bodes well because he has been and was the big difference from a Spurs point of view against West Ham when he came on, the game changed. What, are you, what is your thinking with Spurs? Is just having Harry Kane enough? Can you go into this game week with more than one? Should you go into this game with more than one Spurs? Because they haven't exactly been on the best of four. I
1: think uh... Reguilon is a great shot. I'd really like to own him, actually. Uh, I think there won't be many goals in these games, and I think Spurs are good enough to keep double clean sheets. I would uh, expect at least one. But attacking-wise, I'm a little bit more hesitant. Mm -hmm. As I said, I I don't think there will be a lot of goals. We have two teams in Burnley and Fulham who are kind of park the bus kind of teams and they would be happy with a nil nil but I think Son and Kane will get points I just not sure if it's super important to get the other in if you already own one of them
0: Mm. yeah and I can understand that um the, the thing for me that kind of shifts it the fixtures are nice but the game in 29 shifts it for me. So the fact that Spurs have this nice double in 26 and also playing in game week 29, although a difficult fixture against Aston Villa, having two Spurs players and then having them still for game week 29 when they will play, when many don't, made it a no-brainer that I wanted to own both Sun and Kane going into this week. And I, I do have a real... I am really tempted to bring in Reguilon as well. I think the fact that he is now back from injury, played 77 minutes against West Ham, so plenty of minutes in his legs, got the rest um, this evening against Wolfsburger. Um, so doesn't have, you know, hasn't got that kind of lag. Now, will he start both games? In my view, yes, he will. I think if he is fit and available, Mourinho will start him because he's clearly the best option that he has in that position. I think you're right. There should be at least a clean sheet across those two games. And for him and the way that he attacks, there should be potential for increased returns. Now, some people will say, but just go with the double up at City or just go with somebody you know, from Aston Villa who have got nice fixtures as well across the double. And I do understand that. Um, but equally, I look at the team that Man City have put out in the Champions League this evening Um, and think, well, John Stones looks like he's going to start the weekend because he sat on the bench, but what can we say about Cancelo and Diaz? Are they going to play in both of the games, given that they started tonight? Do you think it's worth taking a chance on, say, the Spurs defence, because they have this game in 29 as well, um, over maybe getting another City defender or going for another Aston Villa defender, given the majority of managers already own Martinez as well?
1: I think regarding Manchester City it's for me a no brainer to own three of them at any cost actually I know you only have two but it's like 7 times 3 points every week on average mm. it's it's ridiculous and how however you want to set up that trio is another debate if if you want it in defense or if you want two midfielders But I think it's like the dream with them right now that I've always anticipated in previous seasons that has never happened. Like it's the best team in the league. Why don't they have the best FPL assets? But this time it's really happening. So take advantage. (laughs)
0: Um, Okay, so if I put you on the spot then and said if you were on a wild card right now or you were going to free hit for this game week, Which three City players would you go for? I
1: think a couple of weeks ago, I would have said Cancelo, Mm -hmm. like first choice. But I'm most worried about his minutes. So Cancelo is like an upside. I'm not sure if it's worth it. So I think I'd rather have more security. KDB, I would jump on him straight away on a wild card. Yeah,
0: I would too. If I was wild carding right now, he would have been the first City pick I would have made too.
1: Yeah, because of his ownership mostly. And he was the best 11% I
0: think of the game he's owned by at the moment when do you ever get to own KDB at 11% ownership it just doesn't happen Um, and when you look at the fixtures that they have for this week but not just for this week because also we've got to bear in mind that Manchester City play twice again next week two home fixtures this week against West Ham and Wolves and then two home fixtures again in game week 27 so you know KDB given that he's not started in the Champions League and given we know how important KDB is and how vital Pepsi's KDB is. he's going to start surely across all of those games I think he's of all of the attacking players he's the most nailed for me at, at Man City always but particularly at the moment so KDB who goes with him is Diaz the one at the back first
1: yeah yeah I would go with Diaz it seems like he's the one who could get two fixtures along yeah. with Along with stones, but I feel like Diaz has more bonus points in him, and I and that really matters in the long run. Yeah, it does.
0: Yeah, clearances, blocks, and interception stats for Diaz are insane, Um, and so particularly if if Manchester City don't score a lot of goals, he will rack up bonus points left, right, and centre just because he's you know if they do what they did last week and you know get one. And then kind of take it a bit easy and sit back a little bit because they know they've got other big games to come and win by one or two goals to nil. You guarantee almost that Diaz is going to pop in to the bonus points.
1: Yeah, for sure. My last pick is probably Cancelo still. Yeah. I I think he gets enough game time. And I think Stones is becoming a little bit of a rotation risk.
0: Yeah, with Laporte back.
1: Yeah, Gundogan, of course, still great value, but I'm not that into him when kdb is playing so yeah
0: you're still an advocate for two at the back and then one going forward, which I think feels like the sensible strategy. Any love for Edison? If you were wildcarding, do you think? Okay, well, with these games that we've got at home, the one player for definite that you can almost say is hundred percent guaranteed to start is Edison. With Pep's yep. random comments about penalties, do you think <laughs> there's any value?
1: I don't hate. Uh, I don't hate Edison. It wouldn't be like my first thought to own that expensive of a goalkeeper but you have a good point if it seems like it's getting more rotationable at the same time if you have ederson in goal then you miss out on 1.5 million and for the rest of the season that means a lot i think yeah but no i do agree short term ederson is of course a great pick
0: Particularly, I think, given that when you look at the at the ticker for this week, we see Aston Villa sitting in third um, with their two matches that they have to play. Obviously, they have a fixture against Leeds to start, who were very, very impressive against Southampton, particularly in the latter part of that game on Tuesday evening. And then they also play Sheffield United, who, well, let's be honest, that could be anything, couldn't it, from, a, from an Aston Villa point of view. But as we've already mentioned, they're probably going to be without Grealish, and they are definitely going to be without Matty Cash. But I still think Martinez makes a lot of sense, doesn't he? Um, As a goalkeeper, 37% of the game own him. I'll be surprised if that's not up. Ahead of this weekend's deadline. Leaving him aside then, do you own any Aston Villa assets? Are you looking to invest in any of them for Game Week 26? Again, like Spurs, knowing that they're going to play in Game Week 29 too. Yeah,
1: good question. I own Martinez and I own Davis (laughs) and I own Grealish. So I own three of them. But
0: So what are you going to do with Grealish? Are you going to hold him and hope? Because The the news is so mixed, depending upon who you listen to. Some are saying he's out for a month. Dean Smith seemed to suggest it wasn't going to be that long. It was going to be much shorter term. If he comes back for half of this game week and only plays against Sheffield United, well, that wouldn't be the end of the world. But for you, you've already alluded to the fact that you might bench boost this week. So can you keep a player that might not play?
1: No, you're on the right uh, train of thought here. I can't bench boost seeing Grealish as a doubt and yeah. i don't trust uh, dean because he said about berkeley that he's touch and go and he came back after a month or more so yeah. Grealish is going to go out for me and Leicester assets, Barnes most of all, looks like the one to replace him.
0: Yeah, I think for me, that would be exactly the transfer that I would make if I was a Grealish owner. Harvey Barnes has impressed so much in the last couple of game weeks. Two double-digit returns, goals and assists in both games. Very, very impressive. He's been impressive all season, to be fair, but the last couple of weeks in particular, he's really stood up and, and been counted. The one thing that slights me, put me off, Leicester is Madison. Now, I've always maintained for the last probably season and a half that Madison is the ticking, he's the ticking point at Leicester. I know that Vardy is what Vardy is, and he is, there is no denying that he is a fantastic asset. But for me, when Madison doesn't play, Leicester lose a bit of their magic. They lose a little bit of the connectivity from the midfield up to to Vardy. And Vardy can sometimes appear a little bit isolated without Madison there. And they lose a little bit of the speed out from defence without Madison. And I I do have a slight wobble. They have decent... Enough fixtures this week. Um, they play Arsenal first, and let's see what Arsenal side we get in that game. But I would suspect that Leicester can win that. And then after that, they play Burnley, and again, I would expect that Leicester would have too much for Burnley. But without Madison, it does it does worry me a little bit because I do think that that he is really good. The unfortunate thing for us as FPL managers is, of course, we don't have the luxury of getting of getting real game time without him to see. We do have Leicester playing in the Europa League on Thursday evening, so that might be a good test for how they get on um, and seeing how Harvey Barnes can perform as long as Rodgers plays him um, and doesn't hold him for the weekend. But I suspect that that they will be keen to progress in the Europa League and therefore that he will play him. Um, the other team that sit then in in that top three for fixtures uh, for game week 26 are Everton. I sold Dominic Calvert-Lewin going into game week 25 because I was absolutely adamant that I needed to own Harry Kane for that game. Budget restrictions meant uh, that it had to be Dominic Calvert-Lewin that disappeared. And part of my reason for doing that was because Everton, for me anyway, have been a little bit hit and miss over the course of the season. Some games, absolutely fantastic. Um, And for the large part of the beginning of the season, they were absolutely epic. Every time I watched them, I was really impressed. Over recent weeks, we've had some really good results, like the one against Liverpool, and also some really disappointing results. And Dominic Calvert-Lewin has been a bit on that roller coaster too. Some weeks returned really well, other weeks, not a lot. I feel like with Calvert-Lewin, he is, and you can tell me if you agree, very much dependent upon what happens on the rest of the Everton side as to whether he returns or not. So Hammers Rodriguez has a good game. Richarlison has a good game. Dina has a good game. Calvert-Lewin's going to have a good game. If those guys don't perform, aren't sending in the kind of balls with the kind of quality that we know they're capable of, Calvert-Lewin can struggle a little bit now on paper these two fixtures are great uh, southampton and west brom but equally southampton and west brom my goodness do they need to start picking up some points because they are in big big trouble if they don't what's your thoughts on everton do you own any are you going to invest in any given that these guys don't play in game week 29
1: i think that it's a very good idea to have a everton player this week i think calvert lewin could even be considered a captain option i do own him and I do consider him, but regarding captaincy, I think his assist potential is a little bit low and he's not that explosive, but I simply can't see him blanking these two games in a row. I think he's a great pick this week and I think they are in good form, as you say, and I do agree that they are very up and down this season, but so that's a good thing if they are that, because then we know that if they are a form team and they are informed, then they should be informed for a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, and and I think, you know, you, you you can't ask for much nicer fixtures than they have. But we shouldn't forget that we also have six single game week teams. Now, every time there's a double game week, I feel like I on repeat, say don't forget the single game weekers. There will always be single game week players that outperform the double game week players. And of course, we saw that this week uh, with Bruno Fernandez doing what Bruno does best. Is there anybody in the six single game week teams that we have this week? Is there anybody that within that you think they would be worth bringing in? Or I think the more prevalent question here for FPR managers out there is, is it OK if you don't have... 11 double game week players and you play some single game weekers going into this week
1: yeah exactly that has to be the question because I don't think there's many managers who are thinking on bringing in a single game week player when almost every team has a double <laughs> game week uh, but so if you have Bamford or if you have a Brighton player they are definitely are very playable and as I briefly mentioned I'm probably going to play two my two leads assets on my bench and Gonna be satisfied with having just two double game week players on my bench. So that is a sign that uh, I think they are good enough.
0: Yeah, I think for me, when I look at these single game week teams and the games that they have, there's only really one team in there that I would say I definitely really wouldn't want to play those players, and that's West Ham. Um, and it's simply because they're coming up against a Man City side who know how to get the job done at the moment, and um, they know how to keep clean sheets, they know how to score goals. Um, as somebody that currently owns three West Ham players, um, they will be taking all three spots on my bench this week, unless I sell one of them ahead of the game week, which I might do. Um, Because I I look at them and I think they're the only ones that I really wouldn't want to play. Leeds players, I'd be quite happy to play them this week. And in fact, I will be playing Bamford in all likelihood um, this week. Um, I'm probably Dallas too, if I decide not to sell my, my West Ham assets. Um, I also own Ben White at Brighton. I'm quite happy to play him with a game against West Brom. I think I think the point I'm trying to make is that the single game week teams, you don't have to panic transfer out take hits to get rid of them um yeah. you can happily play Leeds players brighton players um and it's uh, arsenal players if you have smith Row, if you have saka you can play them it's not the end of the world and um, particularly if you are bench boosting it won't it doesn't matter if there's a couple of single game week players in your team particularly if those single game weekers come from players or teams that play in 29 which of course they do so getting rid of them doesn't make an awful lot of sense if your strategy is to play through Game Week 29 without using a, a free hit or a wild card in the build-up to it. So, yeah, I think I think we're both in agreement with that, that, you know, yes, you have these single Game Weekers, but it's OK. It's OK to have them, um, and it's OK to play them um, this week.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm actually thinking about bringing Rafinha in for right now, just because I think he can perform like a double Game Week player because of his form and he was unbelievable he... this week yeah so i'm not against that actually
0: and i think that's really useful i think for for a lot of fpr managers out there just hearing somebody say it's you know he's all right to bring in some single game makers it's not all about you know i look at rafina i look at you know ben white who hopefully will get a clean sheet against west Brom, um and think you know there are some 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 double game makers out there who i'm not convinced will get two clean sheets and therefore will probably get three or four points over the course of the week if they get booked. So yeah, don't be afraid of the single game weekers. Play them if you if they've got good fixtures and you fancy them or they're in good form like the the Leeds guys are, it's okay to play them. All right, let's move on then to talk about captains and transfers. You've sort of alluded to the fact that Rafinha's on your list um, and you've talked about how Harry Kane is potentially on your list as well. And um, Presumably they come as part of a, a double transfer because you said about losing Salah. Is that for a hit? Are you thinking about a hit this week or do you have two free transfers?
1: I do have two free transfers and I'm still thinking about a third. Um, so that would be the hit to just get one more player in if Grealish is out, which I suspect that he is. So the hit mm-hmm. would be, yeah, Grealish to Barnes, but the standard move would be Sala and Davis to Kane and maybe Rafinha. Yeah. Someone in that price category,
0: do you think that there is a limit on how many hits you should take this week? So, a four pointer, okay, eight points, 12 points. Is it okay to go as much as that? Because there'll be a lot of FPL managers out there thinking, Shall I take an eight point, 12 point hit this week? Because it's a double game week and I want all of these players.
1: Yeah, to one degree, it, it can become quite ridiculous. The biggest hit I ever took was this season, I think it was minus 16 actually, and it was to jump on bruno and kdb it wasn't that bad of a hit because they were really good after that Mm. so it's always the same thing it's very hard to evaluate a hit and it's quite risky so you have to weigh in the like consequences if you end up wrong because people often underestimate uh, how good your selling players can do so that was another story the worst and The worst transfers that I've made this season was selling Kane and Son to get KDB. It was versus City, so I thought they shouldn't punish me too hard. And they both scored points. Yeah, and KDB missed a big sitter. So everything can happen when you take hits. Yeah
0: for me, one of the reasons why I'm quite opposed to hits. I've only taken one this season. I was attempting to go a whole season with no hits to see how it would go. I've only taken one and that was a forced, it was forced, like forced hand. Um, I ended up, I made a transfer and then I lost a player just before deadline. And it was like, I it was, and it, I can't even remember who it was now, but it was a big player. It was one of those, it's like, you're out for a couple of weeks. I can't just leave you sat on my bench, cost too much money. Um, so I did one. So that's the only hit I've taken this season. But what I find fascinating is that at the start of every game week, once the deadline passed, I toodle off to livefpl.net and I have a look at my rank. And every week without a hit, my rank goes up. And it's not just a little bit, it's a substantial amount. And I suspect that when I look at live FPL ahead of this week, I will see a big jump because I think that there will be a lot of hits. So I think in some ways, these double game weeks, if you're ever going to take a hit, they're the weeks to do it because the chances of your players returning are obviously doubled and therefore the chances of you getting it back are better, but also the opportunity to take one while everyone else is also likely to take one feels like you might be able to kind of get away with it. But for me at a minus eight, that's it. I'm done. There's there's, I don't think there's ever been an occasion where I've gone more than minus eight. It just feels too huge. Like 12 points (laughs) is massive to make up, isn't it? So um, I think if you were to put me up, you know, up against a wall and say, how many hits is too many. I can go to minus eight, but after that, I start to like, my head starts to feel a bit in the clouds and I start to think, oh my goodness, this is all a bit too much.
1: I hear a lot of great managers with that philosophy um, and it has influenced me a bit. But since for me, this is my worst season, I'm more willing to try stuff yeah.
0: out. Yeah, I think that's right. I think double game weeks change the playing field for hits. So if this week you feel compelled to take the hit, for particular players, it's probably worth doing it this time around because the chances of you getting it back are greater. Let's talk about captains then because that's going to be another all-important conversation this week. Um, You've said that you're bench boosting, which means that you're probably not triple captain this week. Who gets your captain's armband? Is there somebody that you think, yes, it must be you?
1: No, it's between Kane and Bruno. It's that simple. It's a coin flip for me. I'm a little bit hesitant about Bruno because I would rather like it if he had the easy game first
0: yes yes I agree with you on this um this is the thing that puts me off Bruno um I've got to be I'll be brutally honest about it because um I'm gonna triple captain this week as I alluded to at the beginning um of, of this podcast um and I looked at Bruno um I've obviously looked at Kane a lot lovingly, I might add. Uh, But I look at Bruno, the form that he's been in has been unbelievable. But he plays Chelsea first and that game's difficult. Chelsea are rock solid defensively at the moment. Since Tuchel arrived, they've improved dramatically at the back. And there's an element of risk, isn't there? As with everything, when it comes to FPL, when you've got a double game week. Um, And the fear for me, sometimes, sometimes it's too much and you should just not be afraid of it. But I think if these fixtures been the other way around, um, and Bruno was playing Crystal Palace first, I'd feel I'd feel better about the captain's armband sitting on him, just in case. There's that moment of what happens if something happens to him during the Chelsea game. Is that ludicrous, yeah. or does that make sense?
1: No, that's that's what I'm thinking too, to a small degree. We can't like factor in that too much, but when it becomes, like I said, when it becomes a coin flip, these small things might pend it. Uh, to or swing it to the other direction
0: and I think for me when it's a triple captain decision as well you can't afford for the triple captain to go badly I need somebody that's guaranteed to play well Bruno and Kane both are they'll both play both games if they're fit and available because they're so important to their respective teams but if Kane only made the first game against Burnley I'd be okay with that but if Fernandez only made the first game against Chelsea I would be really gutted Um, And I think that sways it for me. Plus, obviously, the Spurs fixtures on paper are easier than the two that Manchester United have this week. And that sways it a little bit for me as well.
1: All these things needs to be considered. And when you put it like that, it becomes like something to view from an other angle. Like, would I triple captain this player? For me, who don't triple captain. So I have to think about, would I triple captain Kane here? Yes, I probably would would I trap triple captain Bruno here? Maybe not, as you say. So that becomes like taking the triple captain in perspective can help with a regular captaincy decision, I think.
0: And then you throw Dominic Calvert-Lewin into the mix, who's coming up in a lot of captaincy conversations this week because they've got really nice fixtures on paper as well. And then, of course, you throw the Manchester City assets in because they've got two home games and they're in really good form. But then they've played all of their big hitters, and I do fear that Captain Gunderwin might lead to one game and Captain Sterling might lead to one game because they might get rested in the other one. That puts me off my Man City boys because it's a triple captain again. I can't, I don't feel I can safely triple captain a Man City player because I couldn't guarantee that they play in both of these two games.
1: Triple captaining a city player is never a good idea unless it's a defender. <laughs> Defenders People can the do defense. the job. Yeah. But even
0: with the defenders, you're not guaranteed that they're going to play both games anymore. Yeah. Like, you
1: used you to can be. do it on Edison, maybe.
0: Edison, yeah, you can triple captain Edison and that's about it. Um, 24 with points. The... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, unless he gets a penalty. Um, no, but it's I triple
1: captains, so 36 points. Yeah. So two, two clean sheets.
0: <laughs> two, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think for me, um, the Man City boys, because of the team that we've seen Pep put out in the Champions League, it puts me off a bit more captaining. Yeah, in all seriousness,
1: I totally agree. I'm not thinking about captaining uh, Gundogan, who is my most forward city player. Um, And KDB, I'm just a little bit hesitant, even though I said he's like a great asset to own. And mm, it would be tempting to captain him if I did own him. But I don't feel like it's worth a transfer.
0: I wonder whether Pep might try and protect KDB a little bit. He's had a a long-term injury that he's just come back from. Will he play both 90 minutes? I think he played both games. But he's Mm. going to pull him at 60 minutes in both games, isn't he? Probably. Um, Just to protect him a little bit. So, look, I'm definitely not saying it's a bad idea to bring KDB in and I'm definitely not saying it's a bad idea to captain him because in 60 minutes, KDB can do remarkable things. Yeah, But... I think in terms of game time that we might get across this double game week, the City boys just put me off because of the pet roulette and because of KDB's recent return from injury, I guess. Oscar, thank you so much for joining me this week on Scat the Game Week. Just a reminder, if you want to follow Oscar, you can find him at FPL Gents over on YouTube, on Twitter. And you'll also be able to find him over on the Scout channel. So check him out on Fridays when he produces his video content about how he's picking his team in the members area. And then that's it for this week's Scout the Game Week. I'll be back next week with another episode where I'm going to be joined by David, who's from FPL in the dugout. David and I are going to take a look back at Game Week 26. That might take us all night to look back at those fixtures. Um, And we're going to take that knowledge and look ahead to what is going to be another double game week in game week 27 i will see you next week guys